0: Welcome. This is Pastor Danny with Word of Faith Family Church in beautiful Lander, Wyoming. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I pray you will be energized and strengthened as you listen to God's Word. God, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, I thank you for breath and for life and for health and wholeness in our bodies. I thank you, Father God, for the opportunity to live, the opportunity to make a choice, Father God, to choose you, the opportunity to choose to be here in this pre- your presence today and the opportunity to be able to choose you every day. And God, I thank you for supernatural comprehension, attention, and recall this morning to be able to minister. Lord, I ask that as you did in the scriptures, that you open up our minds and our hearts to be able to understand. Holy Spirit, your job here on this earth is our teacher, our helper, and we thank you and we ask you that you teach each and every one of us this morning, and we thank you, God, for that so much. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, um... I'm glad that you're here this morning. I see some new faces and I wanted to take a minute to welcome each of you. If you didn't get a chance to fill out a connection card, make sure you do that. We'd love to connect with you on a few things as well, but um, we're glad that you're here. We've been studying about uh, the road to Damascus, the life of Paul, and we're going to jump into that here in just a second. Um, But first, I just wanted to um, just kind of just, you know, Taylor, it's good to see you. I'm glad you're here. I know, I know it's been a while, but uh, I just wanted to call you out and just let you know that we notice you and that God has an awesome plan for your life. So it's really great to see you. I'm glad you're here. So if you want to go ahead and pull that up again, Karen, if you would, Damascus Road. We're going to go ahead and get started. So I want to start with a story this morning first. And um, this story kind of involves Callie, uh, my daughter, and um, she's going to be like, oh, great, what story are you going to tell? But she was about, I don't know, I think probably four. I'd have to ask Kendra for better details. She used four, and we had saved up money. We bought this metal swing set out in the backyard. It's one of those ones that if you swing hard enough, you can flip the whole thing over, you know, have you ever have one of those before, right? And so um, we all have these swing set stories, maybe. But anyway, so she was out there playing outside, and I was inside watching, and she thought, hey, I'm gonna be cool, and I'm gonna just go climb across this thing. And so she's Shimmying across the top bar a little bit like that, and she was only four, so her legs did not touch the ground. There was quite a span between the bottom of her feet and the ground, right? And so she goes over, and I'm watching her for a little bit. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, I, I don't know what's going to happen. And all of a sudden, she starts struggling, and I'm like, I need to go out there and try. And as soon as I open the door, she fell down, and she started screaming and crying. And we looked at it for a little while, and we're like, uh she's like it really hurts we started touching it and different things like that we took her to the uh, the medical clinic and and as we were there you know i i I just the doctor said well we need to do an x-ray right how many of you have been there before break a bone something right you need to do an x-ray like well can we just take a picture (laughs) no we don't need a picture we need an x-ray and then how many of you have ever been in a situation in your life where an x-ray, well, that shows good, now we need the next step, an MRI, right? That's a normal process of medical in life if you've ever been, some of us have been there more than others. But an x-ray, they took an x-ray, and they said, yep, it's broken. We see that one of the bones in her arm's broken. So as they took the x-ray, then they said, okay, well, she needs a cast, and what color do you want? Of course, she said pink, you know, and, I was very honored because I believe that I was the first one to be able to sign it. So do you still have that? Yeah, still have it, still a relic, you know, paid good money for that. But you know what? (laughs) Hey, it's there, you know, and so we're so glad. And so you're like, what does this have to do with the message today? Well, really, I want to just talk about, you know, if I would have taken a picture of her arm or the doctor would have taken a picture of her arm, we wouldn't have really understood what was wrong, would we? So the doctor naturally said, hey, we got to see what's inside of there. We've got to really break this down. We've got to understand what's going on inside. We can't see this on the surface. So we've got to take an x-ray and see what's going on with the bone on the inside. One of the, the commentaries that I was looking at is that Paul's, God, Paul's epistles and Paul's writings are like an x-ray to the gospel. We can't see the things on the surface from... There's a lot of things we can see from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But Paul's work and Paul's message and and Paul's calling really was to dig deeper into the gospel of Christ, to be able to understand who we are in him, who we are in Christ, what Jesus did. I loved this other passage that said um, Paul did the work that Jesus could not do because Paul had to talk about what Jesus did in his dying, in his uh, resurrection on the cross. Jesus couldn't teach about it until after he did it. We're getting ahead of ourselves here this morning. So I want to talk about Paul this morning. And and if you've ever wanted to long to go to Bible school, today is now your chance, all right? So I'm going to do my best to keep some stories in, but I'm also going to get into some deep stuff here. We're going to kind of move around in some of this stuff, try not to get too boring about it. Um, But talk about Paul, okay? I wish Nick Day was here, because Nick Day, if you're watching... (laughs) you're going to be my example so everybody knows Nick he goes with Ayla right and Nick I love you man and I know you're good for this but I wish he was here right I have no other great examples but I was thinking about Nick and I'm like Nick you remind me of Paul right so here we go Paul was a pretty short dude the Bible says okay all right so he said he was smaller short right and he wasn't of a tall statue right so that's why I was thinking about like Nick you know and all of these things it says that he's kind of probably was kind of balding probably Paul (laughs) so (laughs) love you Nick like I said I wish you were here if you want to send that hate mail let me know and I'll give you an email never mind all right so anyway imagine Paul here was Paul right let's back up a little bit let's do some background on where did Paul come from Paul came from Tarsus. What else do we know about Paul? What, where was Tarsus? Yeah, it's, I'm going to just take a half hour drive and go to Walmart in Tarsus. Where was Tarsus? Near the area of Jerusalem, right? Near the area of Israel. What else do we know about Paul? Paul was raised as a Jew. He was born in the tribe of Benjamin. If you don't know what the tribe of Benjamin is, Joseph had 12 sons. One of those sons' names was Benjamin. Each one of those 12 tribes... Then went forth and were the tribes of Israel. And they all, all Jews, traced their lineage back to one of the 12 sons of Jacob. I think I said Joseph. I meant Jacob, right? Joseph. Anyway, whatever. Okay, moving on. All right. Jacob, thank you. Okay. He was born into a devout Jewish family in the city of Tarsus. So much so that his, his parents really wanted him to do well. As he got older he went to study in Jerusalem under the study of Gamaliel, which who was considered the best school. Here's what I want you to compare it to. Like, hey, I'm going to send my kid to Duke. I'm going to send my kid to Harvard. I'm going to send my kid to Yale because they're the most prestigious schools. Now, there's a whole other debate about that, but do you understand the principle of what I'm trying to say? They really wanted their son, Paul, Saul, to be able to learn in um, understanding the Jewish law. Another thing, Paul was passionate. About what he believed in. Paul was very passionate about what he believed in. We're talking about before we know him, before he wrote, before his transformation. We're going to get there in a second. He was passionate about what he believed in. Why? Because he really believed the Jewish law was the way to be able to come to God. It's what he had learned, it's what he grew up in, it's what he went to school for. Do you realize that he was on the road to Damascus with a permit? from the high priest to persecute the Christians. He was passionate about what he believed in. So much so that he went to the high priest, the, basically the, the religious leader of the day and said, hey, will you please give me permission to arrest these Christians and bring them to jail in Jerusalem? Because he 100% believed that what he had learned was the correct way to God. Have you ever thought about that before? How many think, If I were to ask you and you were honest, how many thought Paul was just a sinner? How many thought that Paul was just somebody that wasn't following God? It's easy to think that, right? But he really, truly believed that he was following the way of God. The Bible says, and Paul writes, he says, I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. In other words, I was the leader among these. What else do we know about um, Paul Paul spoke two languages. He spoke Greek and Aramaic. Um, the, the description that I read, he was short, bald, bow legged, and red faced. So, Nick, we're going to take you out of it. You don't qualify anymore, okay? <laughs> he desired to do well in Jerusalem and what he was in Ju- Judaism and what he was raised in. A very important fact Paul was also a Roman citizen. He lived in rome he was a roman citizen so god knew when he picked paul he said hey you are a jew by birth but you're also a roman he needed these things to be able to speak to the people okay anybody confused this morning are you still with me are we too deep yet you still here with me okay my i i feel like my job is today as we're talking about the damascus road really the purpose of this series is to understand who was Paul, what did he do why did he write a third of the New Testament pop quiz how many books did Paul Paul write pretty good you could argue about Hebrews 13 yep right so Paul wrote more than a third of the New Testament is that important that we know about where he came from I mean we can understand Christ, yeah, Jesus the son of God, right? Born of a virgin, the the uh, spotless lamb. But who was Paul? Just this short bow-legged guy. <laughs> right? But Paul, Paul was not just that. Remember we said Paul was passionate in Judaism, in other words, in understanding Jewish law. What was the way to God before Jesus came? Jewish law right we're so in like this christian world today that we if it's important that we understand and we back up and we realize hey what did what came before jesus did those people just all go to hell no what was the way to god judaism or believing as a jew right so then jesus came and caused some turmoil And there was a lot of people in that day and that age that said, oh, well, I don't believe Jesus was the Messiah. So then what? What do you then believe about the way to God? The law. Does that make sense? Man, Holy Spirit, help me to teach this in such a way that uh, we can hear it and understand. And so, here was Paul. He was zealous, or he was passionate. He believed wholeheartedly in what he was doing was serving God. So as Paul now um, was going to, down the road to Damascus, he was on a journey. He had a permit to go arrest Jews. Right before that, anybody want to help us out? What, was, what did Paul do? What did the Bible tell us that Paul did? Actually, I keep calling him Paul, but Saul was his name before he was Paul. Paul is his Latin name. He held the coats for the stoning of Stephen. Stephen was preaching passionately about Christ, the Messiah. And Paul vehemently disagreed with Christ being the Messiah as the way to God. Still with me this morning? Okay. So now, we realize here that Paul was saying, hey, yeah, it's okay. I'll hold your coach. You guys do what you need to do. He's not following the way. So, You need to do what you need to do. And so now he's on the Damascus Road. He has a permit from the high priest to arrest the Christians. Let's go to Acts chapter 9 and let's pick up the story here. Acts chapter 9, open your Bibles if you have them. If you don't have it on your phone, we'll read it with us or we got it up here. Acts chapter 9, verse 1, here we go. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. We just talked about that. Now, you know I'm not lying. The Bible also says what I just told you. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. Now, the Christians, those that believed in Jesus, they were calling themselves the way, and so that's what he's talking about here. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Notice those words are in what color? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus. I am the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. And we're going to stop right there. But basically, God hooked Ananias up with Paul, And Paul was baptized, the Bible says, and he received the Lord. And he received and he believed. Now, what do we know about the Damascus Road? Maybe there's some of you here today that you've been in your life and you've been going through the motions and you've been walking down this road and all of a sudden there's something in your life that there's a situation that you get big time interrupted. Just like Paul. Maybe there's some of you that just say, hey, I'm going through the, my motions in life, and all of a sudden, I'm just doing what I know to do and, and following the steps of something, and God interrupts me. Anybody ever have a situation like that where you remember, hey, whoa, God got my attention right here. God intervened on my behalf. God came in and said, whoa, hey, there's some things we've heard in the world about a Damascus Road experience, right? Hey, what is a Damascus Road experience? A Damascus Road experience is something that, hey, you were uh, headed one way and then all of a sudden you had something big happen and it's, uh, there's a big change that happened. In our world, we hear things about the Damascus Road experience, meaning a sudden or radical conversion of thought or a change of heart or mind. When we read and look at the road to Damascus It's interesting to me to think of The fact that we, when Paul said let, I don't want to lie to you What did Paul say? Or He said Who are you Lord? Who are you Lord? He didn't just say Who are you? He recognized This was a form of a deity Or God of some sort He said Who are you Lord? What does this tell us? This tells us that, hey, Saul was open to the things of God. This tells us that Saul was willing, his heart was in the right place to be used of God in a way to be able to do what God had asked him to do. He recognized that voice. He said, oh, it's not just a voice of somebody else. It's not just this weird, strange visitor encounter because I had too much Mountain Dew and pizza last night, right? It's this, hey, hey, this is really something here that is like, hey, this, God, this is you in some form or some fashion, right? And so here was Paul. God knew that he was ready to be used by him in a mighty way. Maybe there's a time in your life that you, God has used you mightily. Or maybe there's a time in your life coming up that you may be going down this path or going down this road, and all of a sudden, you may have a Damascus Road experience as Paul. You're ready, you're willing, but God wants to use you in an awesome way. So, what do we learn from the Damascus Road? Whether miraculous or not, we all must be saved from our old ways and accept Christ as Lord. Paul was willing to accept Christ as Lord once he found the revelation of that. There was something that changed in Paul that day. Do you agree? When Jesus spoke to him, the words were in red, Jesus was speaking to him right there on that road that day. Can you imagine what he must have seen and felt and heard and experienced? Walking down the road, all of a sudden, what does the Bible say? It's such a bright light they could hardly even see. But yet here's a voice from God ready and willing to tell him what to do. Paul was really ready. He was open to that. And then this was the turning point in Paul's life that Paul began to see and understand the scriptures. This was the turning point. The Damascus road was the turning point in Saul's life. I think that it's really important that we understand that he still wanted God. He still loved God. He still wanted the things of God. But once he came in and realized, hey, there's this more information about Christ as Savior and as Lord, it changed things forever. And when we think about how that Paul's ministry then is then taken and written a third of the New Testament for us as believers today in the church age, it's incredible. Do you realize, was there churches in Paul's day? In the Damascus Road experience, where are there churches? It's not really a trick question. I'm not going to kick you out if you get it wrong. I'm just trying to ask you a rhetorical question to make you think <laughs> about it a little bit. Could you go down to your local church when Paul was in the Damascus Road experience? It's kind of a trick question. If you were a Jew, you could go hang out with Peter in Jerusalem, right, and the disciples. But what about if you were not of the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob or of Israel? Could you have accepted Christ? Is there. I think most of us. I mean, I don't know of anybody. If you are, hey, that's awesome, but not a Jew by birth in here anywhere i don't think there's anybody that is so in referring to us as a whole this morning how many of us could have accepted christ in that day not until it was preached to him peter in the great white sheet vision as you go on to read acts i hope this inspires you to go home and to read your bible and look what your bible says because here's this adventure now four to seven years after jesus left here comes paul on the scene God's work was not done. The adventure was not over. Chapter 2 was just beginning, or the sequel to the movie, was just coming out to the next episode of, hey, there's more to the story, right? And so God called Paul, Saul, to be able to go forth in to the Gentiles. That's a big fancy word that we know nothing about today. It's basically people who are non-Jews, right? And said, hey, guess what? Here we go. Now everybody can receive Christ as Messiah and Lord. And there was some of the people that disagreed. And there was great division and great strife and great fighting and great arguing. But yet, here we see that this was Paul's mission on the earth in that day. Three things that I see from Paul talking about his passion number one, and we've talked about this a bunch today, is he had a passion for God his entire life. He loved God and the things of God. That was really a shift for me to understand, hey, it wasn't a conversion from non-believer to a believer. It was a conversion from, hey, the old way of thinking and doing into, hey, now Christ is Messiah as Lord, a new Savior has come. And now, here is his job and what his call is to do to the people number two a passion for learning paul was willing on that day and the road to damascus to accept christ from everything that he had believed in the bible says he was a well-educated man Essentially, he had a master's or a doctorate degree in Judaism and understanding the laws of the Jewish realm. And then one experience on the road changed years of schooling. He could have just said, nope, that's not what my textbook says. That's not what my teacher told me. Right? He was willing to accept the things that God had told him. He had a passion for the things of God. And he had a passion for learning and being open to what God would speak to him to do. Number three, he had a passion for his mission. I don't think any of you could argue about the fact that Paul did some really great things in his life. You know, we see the ver- the passage, I believe it's in Corinthians, about how it says Paul says i was shipwrecked i was lost in the deep i was uh whipped and i was all of these things that he says that he was persecuted for the gospel's sake but he said i count them all as loss for the the cause of christ right he says i'd rather go to heaven but yet i know it's better for you that i stay here right he was passionate about the mission that god had called him to do he left home. He left family. He left everything that he had to pursue what God had called him to do and the mission that he had placed upon him. I mean, it's like, I was even questioning this as I was studying last time. I'm like, man, do I put this great emphasis on Paul? Because we've always said, hey, Jesus is the Savior. But when we begin to really think about and understand, Paul picked up where Jesus left off. Paul helps us to be successful as believers and as Christians today. The Paul, the things that Paul taught to the tur- churches at Galatia and Ephesia, Ephesus and Corinth, and all of those different Bibles or uh, excuse me, uh, books that we see in the New Testament, there were things going on. Those people were kind of messed up. When you go to Corinthians, there were some people that were not doing what they should be doing, right? They had these old ways and these old traditions, and so here is Paul. He is a Jew. He's a Roman, and he God has given him a place, a platform to be able to speak to all of these people. You know, as I was growing up, I played soccer for a little while, and um, I played till I was, I think, was it like ten. I was like 10, and I was, you know, <laughs> when I was younger, they're like, hey, uh, we think you'd be a pretty good goalie. So I don't really know, but I must have been a chubby kid and not very fast. I don't know. But <laughs> they're like, hey, you've done a really good job at goalie, so we want you to go be goalie. And then I played soccer for a little while, and it was fun. I enjoyed it. And then I was, I was ready to move up from like U8 to U10 or whatever it was. I looked at those goals, and I said, huh my eyes were as big around his sausage I said I don't think I want to play soccer anymore I'm not going to have a very good chance at being goalie so I quit soccer and I said I think you said hey why don't you try baseball so then I went and tried baseball and I never looked back after that and I've loved baseball and um, I enjoyed playing the game I enjoyed the the mental part of baseball of of doing that and if baseball's not your sport whatever if 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 football is your sport then I'll pray for you, um, <clears throat> you know. But anyway, and and I'll maybe even intercede for you that you can get into heaven. But um, this season, baseball is my sport. It's a passion. It's what I love and enjoy. And so they called me this year, and they, you know, um, said, "Hey, will you coach softball for your girls?" And I'm like, "Oh man, there's a lot of things that I need to do, and a lot of chores and stuff, and time and everything." But Every time I get out there, I just, I love it and I enjoy the game and I love seeing the girls be able to play and have fun and, and just the passion for the game. And so I've realized that it's a natural passion of mine. And, and uh, you know, I think about each one of you that are here today. What passion has God put on the inside of you? You know, what passion is it that you have that is something that you do? Like, when I think about Bill over here. Every time he's off work, something he's overworking on his property. I'm not going to give too many details, but Bill's passion is developing property, right? Bill's passion is, hey, this is my next step. This is what I got to do. I got to order these materials. I got to dig this ditch. I got to order this and do this, right? That's Bill's passion. He's got an end goal in mind, but that's what his passion is. You know, I think about each one of us. What is your passion? What has God made you good at, right? I think about Aaron. Like, Aaron is a, a great person to talk to, right? He'll if you give him the full job, he may get a fence post to talk back to you, right? I mean, like, it's in a good way. Like, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I just don't want to talk to more people. But Aaron's like, hey, what's up, man? Good to talk to you, you know? And it's just he's got an awesome personality for being able to talk to people like that, you know? And each of you, you know, have these different skills and these abilities and these talents. And if you're sitting there thinking, well, I don't really have any abilities or, Well, I'm too old to be able to use my pattern. No, that's a lie from the enemy. That's not true. God has made each one of you unique and special. Corbin, I was thinking about what you were saying about how God wants to use you in your own way and for what he has put in your life. Each one of you, especially teenagers, Brayden, Marquette, you too. God has placed things on the inside of you to be able to minister to those around you, right? God has created us. If we were all the same, It would be boring, right? It'd be so boring, right? Who all wants to be like Josh? I mean, really? Right here, man. Hey, I'm picking on everybody fairly this morning, so if you haven't been picked on yet, you better watch out. No, I'm just teasing. I know you guys love me this morning. I'm trying to keep you laughing. It's deep stuff, so we're trying to stay real on this stuff. But anyway, I just want you to understand that just as God used Paul in his passion, he can also use you. Amen. Amen just as God used Paul in his passion, he can also use you, you know? Kathy, I don't know a ton about you, but what I do know about you is that you have a great smile, that you love decorating and you love talking with people and all of the things of serving. God wants to use that with you in a mighty way. So don't ever say, I I can't do that. I'm not being able to, maybe, yeah, you're not up here preaching, but God wants to use you in the way that he can use you, right? He's put special things on the inside of you even further thinking about some of you that have experiences Jonathan you've worked at the Kellogg's factory you understand cereal in a way that none of us can (laughs) not even Braden Marchetti right so and Braden eats cereal every day right like the bible says without uh bread man shall die but with Brayden it's cereal so talk with Jonathan he'll hook you up bud okay so What is that gift? Jonathan can then come in and start talking with Brayden or somebody else about, hey, there's that cereal, you know, what is it, man? And begin to just, you know, connect. I think about how, you know, one thing that I learned several years ago, and I don't remember where, uh, but the only thing we take to heaven is relationships. I'm going to say that again. The only thing we take to heaven is relationships. We work so hard to be able to achieve this great thing, or if I could just, you know, Hey, I just want this new truck, or if I could just get to this financial status, or if I just get this thing and it'll be all figured out. Those of you that have lived on this earth longer than some of the others realize that that's a fading uh, dream, right? That it's never going to be good enough. But what is it? It's the relationships. And that really ministered to me because I realized, hey, you know what? I'm not taking this stuff with me. I'm not taking these clothes with me. I'm not taking the things that I worked for. I'm taking the opportunities and the times that I spent to understand and connect in the lives of people. Paul was the same way. He traveled in his missionary journeys all around. All these people that he connected with. Right? He, Timothy, Titus, and Jude, and Barnabas. and You could probably name a lot more than that. His job was to talk to people. His job was to minister to people. His job was to tell them, hey, this is what Jesus taught me and this is where it is in the scriptures and this is what the next steps are. Paul's ministry is pivotal to launching the church. Paul's ministry is pivotal to you and I coming to Christ, understanding that you don't have to be born of the blood of Abraham. Now you can just accept what Jesus did and have a way to heaven amen amen Amen. Amen. and so when we look at this series of the road to damascus i challenge you to think of it in a different way when you're reading ephesians instead of thinking about ephesians as oh gosh this is a great way to fall asleep tonight (laughs) you know (laughs) all right who's laughing who do i get to pick on now all right no i'm just teasing instead of reading some of those things i challenge you to stop just a minute and say okay what book am I now reading? Okay, I'm reading Corinthians. If you get a good study Bible, I encourage you to do so. Look in the beginning of Corinthians, get a little bit of background. Understand why was this book even written? Who wrote it? Who cares? Right? You should be able to answer that question of who cares why this is in the Bible? And you should be able to understand that the Corinthian church was passionate in their love for God, but there was a lot of things that they still had from their old way of life that was coming in and affecting how they needed to be. So, when we look at Paul's writings here and kind of trying to wrap some of this up, the Gospels are a photograph of redemption, but Paul's epistles are an x-ray, circling back to the pink cast, right? The four Gospels tell what man saw, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But Paul's epistles tell what God saw. This is some of the, um, these are quotes from Brother Mark Hankin's book, uh, The Life of Paul. It wasn't, it's a different name, but. No, it's Paul. Uh, Paul's, anyway. Paul's letters are a continuation of Christ's own teaching. They contain the thoughts that Christ carried away unuttered. Jesus could not really explain the magnitude or the importance of his death, thus the need for Paul's work. I'm going to say that again. Paul's letters are the continuation of Christ's own teaching. They contain the thoughts that Christ carried away unuttered. Jesus could not really explain the magnitude or the importance of his death, thus the need for paul's work isn't that good so what are some books that paul wrote first and second corinthians romans galatians philemon colossians ephesians first and second timothy titus some argue about hebrews right and so the point of what i'm trying to tell you today and and, uh, and really in all of this is Like I said, remember we talked about a little bit of Bible school, right? A little bit of background on this. I want you to think about the writings of Paul in a different way. I want you to think about here was a man who was sold out for God his whole life. Here was a man who had seen all of these old things, but yet as soon as he had an encounter with God on the Damascus Road, his life changed forever. Paul committed his life to the things of God and the teachings of what God would have him to do. And so it's important that we understand, hey, Paul's work and what he has done is important for us to be able to understand where we are headed in our scriptures and what we understand and what we need to do. Has anybody ever been to Paris? Anybody? Yeah? All right. Uh, I never have been. I've seen pictures. Um, what did you notice about navigating in Paris? How'd you get around? Anything? You walked. Any can you need help us out any? What did you notice about Paris? Yeah. Paris is laid out, if you don't know, as a hub, and then spokes. Is that true? Yeah. So as a hub and spokes. And Mark Hinkins talks about, and he tells a story. He says, "When I was in Paris, I was trying to understand my directions, and I was completely lost. He says, once I understood that there's a center point of the city, and then from that center point then, it's like a hub and a spoke design. When you understand where you are in relationship to that center point, that's a navigational beacon, and then you can understand where you are. I think about a city like um, Denver. When we go to Denver, um, you know, sometimes we're going to the next place. I'm like, hey, Kenro, will you plug in the GPS? She's like, sure, I'll put it in. You put it in for a while. What's the first thing I do? I zoom out on that sucker because I said, hey, I don't want you to give me step-by-step directions. I want to know where I'm headed in the general direction. If I'm going like three miles this way and then I take a little bit of right, I know it's going to be over here somewhere. Okay, shut that thing off. I got it. (laughs) Most of the time, right? Most of the time. Or or maybe you get really close. Here's... Kendra's gonna laugh at this one when you get really close and you get right up to it and you're like just about to see it as soon as I see it whatever it is I'm like okay shut that thing off I can't stand it any longer right Callie's like tested true to that I'm like okay I see it now I don't need the help I got it I got it figured out I don't need any more help right nobody else like that in here all right I thought I would get some all right I know Aaron's on my side he's the same way so anyway so when I'm navigating I need if I know where north is Or if I know where west is, or if I know one general direction, I know, hey, I can get there pretty well, right? We think about Denver's laid out in parallels. Hey, I know that north is very much this way, and west is this way, or east is this way. I know the general direction of where I'm headed. Salt Lake City's a lot the same way. Kind of confuses me with the mountains in Salt Lake City and how to understand the navigation. But if I understand where I'm at on a grid, I'd be able to understand each of those pieces. And as we're kind of thinking about that today, Paul's writings help us to realize the depth of Christ's resurrection completed for us. It's already done. It's already completed. Jesus is seated on the throne of God. His work is done here on this earth. What was Paul's work? To be able to help us to understand the fullness of what Jesus did for you and I. Amen? So, as we think about Paul and as we think about his writings and as we think about each of these pieces, I want you to think about this in a little bit of a different way. I want you to think about Paul's work, and I know Pastor will get into this some more. Paul's work really was to be able to um, usher in the next level of the things of the gospel, of Christianity. Somebody said that besides Christ, the work of Paul was the single biggest influence, influencer in Christianity. Isn't that crazy? So, we should know more about Paul. We should understand who he was, why his writings are important, and then that's going to help us then to be able to understand um, the Damascus Road. As we move into camp meeting, our verse is um, talking about being lights and examples. We understand why did Paul write that? Who did he write it to? Why should I care? It begins to have more impact for you and I. Amen? Let's stand this morning as we get ready to close. A couple of applications from Paul's life that you could apply to your own. God does not waste our time. He will use our past and our present so we may serve him with our future. Maybe there's some of you in here today that have just said, hey, man, you don't know my past. You don't know what I've done. You don't know the choices that I've made. You don't know where I've been. Hey, Paul was straight up persecuting Christians. He was getting great joy in doing that. And God used him to write a third of the New Testament. If God can do that for Paul, surely He can do it for you. Paul wasn't anybody famous. He was a tent maker. Whatever your occupation is, it doesn't matter. God can use you mightily. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be somebody else, but God has given you a voice in your jobs, in your homes, in your families. Amen? Paul's life serves to us an example about the grace of God. It doesn't how far, matter how far we've journeyed away from God. Yet Christ still loves us. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. If there's anybody in here this morning that just says, hey, you know what? I wish my life was a little bit more like Paul's. I want to be like him. In other words, his passion for life. Maybe there's some of you in here that at some point in your life that you've said, hey, I've had a passion for God, but I don't feel like that that fire burns very hot. Maybe there's some of you in here today that have just said, hey, I've walked in the things of God, but there's some things in my life that are not quite right. Love to be able to pray with you this morning. If you would, come on up. We're going to open the altars up here this morning. Brother Mitch, if you would go ahead and take this here just for a minute, that'd be fantastic. Come on up. If there's anybody that you would be able to pray with you this morning, help you in your walk with Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. The rest of us in here, you know, we heard a couple of teenagers that just said, hey, what did I learn more about? The ability to pray in an unknown tongue, to pray in the Spirit. The Bible clearly talks about three different baptisms. And Paul was instrumental in this, in the book of Acts, and Paul and Peter about having the Holy Spirit poured out in such a mighty way. And he talked about, hey, what are those three baptisms? Accepting Christ as Lord, and water baptism, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. A lot of times we want to get really stuck on tongues, but that's just the evidence of the infilling, of the power of God that wants to come forth. Amen? So let's take just a minute. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm just saying to ask that you pray in the Spirit just for a minute. It's not doesn't have to be big and bold and brash, just in your own personal prayer language. Go ahead and pray for just a minute in the Spirit. If not, if you want to receive that, come on up. We'll pray with you. And we just want to just leave it open here just for a minute, listening to God on the inside of you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Anybody else? Come on up. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God, that you're working mightily in our midst. One of the things Paul said is, I'm not ashamed of the power of the gospel. Right? We should not be ashamed of the power of the gospel. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father God. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. One of the things that Paul said is he said, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than you all. Right? That was Paul's writings. The devil wants us to be able to get off and say, Oh, man, this is hard. I don't really know what I'm supposed to do here. Right? But hey, that's where the power is. That's where the power lies in your life. That's where the answer It's been a joy having you with us today. We pray you've been blessed by spending the time in God's Word. Always remember you're valuable and precious, special and important to Him.